For some reason, Gentry's Marvelous Exotic Zoo has seen fit to sponsor this podcast. Gentry Zoo claims to have the most dangerous collection of dinosaurs, aberrations, oozes, demons, devils, vermin, monsters, magical creatures, animated constructs, automatons, elementals, and Cthulhus. Enter at your own risk. The estimated survival chance is approximately 50%, and that sounds very reasonable to me. Maybe I can pick up a new familiar. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial Tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Rockers. Russ has ever... It's a complete delight to be here. I'm very excited to talk about news today. Are you? Yeah, I am. Why you're wearing your excited hat? I am wearing my excited hat. I do like uh, it. Obviously, like, yeah, we do have a guest site, but they can't say it, but I'm actually wearing... My uh, three foot tall uh, conical hat with a special E on it for excited. And I do like the flashing lights. <laughs> I hardly thought they were worth mentioning. I mean, does everyone have a hat with flashing lights? I'm rich, my friends. <laughs> uh, so, I guess this week. Yes. Yes. Guess. Also has a hat. Yes. He has many hats. Many wow. hats. And the hat he's wearing today is his Hellboy hat. Well, yeah, I guess I'll introduce myself first as the line manager for Judge Dread and the Worlds of 2000 AD for EN Publishing. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we're here to talk about Hellboy today in my capacity as creative director over at Red Scar. Uh, yeah. Red Scar, yeah. The Kickstarter finished a few weeks ago, didn't it, on, mm. on Hellboy? It did, yeah. And it did, what, somewhere around half a million or something? Really, It was really high. It was like 350k, so yeah. 350k, yeah. Yeah. That's so, probably about half a million dollars. Three hundred fifty thousand pounds, so about half a million dollars. Is that yes, yes. Yeah. See, I always right. Yeah, I, um, that's exactly what okay, I'm honest. Right. <laughs> honest. Yeah, I'll just say from the outset though, it's it's uh, Mantic Entertainment's license, and we're uh, we're engaged to create the RPG for them. So mm. um, it's actually nice. their baby, and uh, they brought us on board to to make the core book. And also, Fantastic. you get that special Hellboy hat, and the Hellboy wearing. hat, yeah, yes, and the right and the, the horns are good. Yes. <laughs> I, I hear the right hand of doing can make typing difficult. I mean, have you had this? <laughs> had to replace you just keyboards, need to have yeah. really, really big keys. <laughs> like, yeah. Each key's oh, yeah. put across. Oh, yeah. And they're so reinforced. Right. Uh, we, we used to have uh, iPads with the engineers. Some of them have very thick fingers, so they need to, especially in large keyboards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I think it's time we talked about some of the weekly RPG news. Interesting. Do you want to hear about something that isn't an RPG? Not really. Hero Quest. I didn't think it was a podcast. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, disappointment. Oh. Excellent news for people who live in the US. Um, yes. Yabu sucks to everyone else. Yes. yes. Yeah. That tends to be yeah. with most things, though, doesn't it, generally? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit So, we did mention it last week. Um, there was the big countdown on Hasbro's website for the Hero Quest announcement. Yes. And you said it was for a hat. It was was not for a hat. You liked me. How could you? (laughs) Take news, take news. You have a hat, Pete. You can also have more hats. Would you you prefer a Hero Quest hat to a new version of Hero Quest? Would I be able to buy the hat? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I suppose, yeah. (laughs) 
If you were in the US, <laughs> you could, only, yeah. Available only to Americans. <laughs> yeah. uh, in fact, there's a new rule. Hats in general are only available to Americans now. Uh, no one outside America is allowed to buy a hat. I know. I, I, I'll just have to uh, uh, reduce, reuse, and recycle. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so HeroQuest. So it's a new version of HeroQuest. Yeah. Uh, and it's available it's only to Americans. Oh, no, it's... It, well, it's, they did, it's basically a re-release. Here, and Canadians, I think. Yeah. They start with Canadians. Yeah, nice, nice, nice minis. They're good. Yeah. So Hasbro, did, Hasbro have got this sort of Kickstarter type thing going on on their mm. own website called Hasbro Pulse, mm. and mm. the target for it was a million dollars, and obviously it made that really quickly. And obviously it's yeah. not really a Kickstarter because they've obviously made the made the game already. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure why why they're doing it via that mechanism, but I guess it's. Gives you extra publicity. Or something. They're using it literally as a pre-order mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Saying, give us yeah. the pre-orders, we'll print it out. So, yeah. so what would have happened if it had just got to nine hundred ninety-nine dollars? Would they have just like, oh god, all these boxes of hero quests just have to pulp them now? Oh, they don't. They haven't made them yet. They're just going to start making them, aren't they? Mm. They've not made them. I wouldn't have thought so. That's how. That's not how pre-orders generally work. Oh, call it's me, like, call me cynical, but I. I yeah, I just don't understand why they had to create their own Kickstarter, and they've used their own Kickstarter clearly, so they keep every percentage of the profit. Um, yeah, they got but, a yeah, of it. Stuff. Just feels like it's ready to go, or it's already made. Um, mm. Yeah, well, they've probably got like a knocked-up copy, and they know how to do it, and they've got everything planned. So yeah, and this is how much they like. You know, probably I don't know what their margins are. Fifty percent, five hundred thousand dollars is what they need to tool it up. So a million is what they need to make it happen. I suppose. Yeah. Do not know. Hello, your editor Daryl here. Hasbro Pulse is a system that Hasbro uses to determine fan interest in their more niche products based on intellectual property that they own. Typically, it's used for high-quality, expensive figures for Transformers, G.I. Joe, My Little Pony, and the like. They create mock-ups or prototypes, and in case of the HeroQuest game, 3D models, and judge based on the number of pre-orders that are placed if there is enough demand to go into production. In fact, between the time of recording and editing the podcast, Hasbro Pulse launched another product for a Dritzed Duerden action figure, complete with swords Twinkle and Icing Death, and his companion Guinevar, plus a bonus oversized D20 for $39.99. Again, though, only available in the United States and Canada. I do know, though, that Chaosium spoke mm-hmm. to us, and when I say us, I mean uh, Egg on my website. Yes. And as you probably know, mm. uh, Chaosium had the trademark to HeroQuest for an RPG. Yes. Whereas Hasbro had the copyright to the game itself. Yes. So between those two things, it was impossible to release a HeroQuest game. Yeah. Board, board game. Yes. Uh, so Chaosium uh, have sold the trademark to Hasbro. Mm. Nice. And they're renaming their own um, HeroQuest game, Quest Worlds. Quest okay. Worlds. So, yeah, so Chaosium's game is being rebranded Quest Worlds, their RPG, yes. and Hasbro is producing a new boxed set of the Hero Quest RPG. Uh, tabletop. Mm. Oh, board game! God. You can, you can use words for us. Okay. <laughs> yes, I, I, think, uh, I think about two, three years ago, there was a Spanish company tried to do a 25th anniversary edition and then they of got Hero sued. Quest. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine they were sued into a fine dust, mm. which was entirely expected. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you're American and you like HeroQuest, you can buy a new HeroQuest. And if you're not American yeah. and you like HeroQuest, tough. Well, tough. You can yeah. get, keep on paying $400, $400 on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as opposed yeah. to being able to get the new stuff they for must, They must be planning on releasing it into retail generally, surely. Why wouldn't they? 
I mean, does uh, how much money did it make in the end? Do we know? Or it's not it's still going. It, has it? No, it's still, still going. What's yeah. it on at the moment? Do we know? I don't know. I, 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 I can use the to look it up. Well, with 42 days to go, 40 days, <laughs> days of vision hours, they have made 1.383 million. Blimey. On their million goal. So, yeah. Uh, it got some way to go to get to be... Well, they had a ton of stretch goals. Us. I think they were expecting to. They had a ton of stretch goals set up already as well. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that, that. It's, it's, it's going to do like 10 million or something, isn't it? Yeah. I think they've... Um, but I think it will... I don't think it will be quite as quick as an Ian publishing uh, quick starter, but it will be quite quick. Quick. Hmm. Oh, man. I'm getting to pay too much money for this game. <laughs> <laughs> have you got the old one? No. Ah. Um, maybe buy the yeah. old one off eBay and then just paint the miniatures a bit better or something. I don't know. Um, I like the new minis. Well, they got rid of the farmers. They got rid of farmers, replaced them with fish people. Because, yeah, uh, some, of, some of it was Games Workshop tri- uh, uh, yeah. copyright issues as yes, well. Yeah, Warriors. Yeah, so there's three different, um, three different entities involved. Very, very mm. complicated. Mm. Yes, it was a good idea at the time. Now, now Chaos Warriors is great Warriors. They still look quite good. Uh, the Gargoyle looks interesting. And all the models do look a bit more robust. And they have round rather than square base, rectangular bases, which I prefer. And they've got, they got nice bits and pieces. But rather than, like, I don't even remember, they had like uh, a plastic thing and then you put a cardboard yeah. uh, screen in it. Uh, mm. These are all now full plastic all the time. They get four rats and sc- they get ten rats and skulls. Exciting. All the scenery is plastic as well, isn't it? Yes, yes, that's right. All the doors. Yeah. Um, I, I do miss like having to swap the uh, the uh, closed door with the open doors. Yeah. <laughs> so, we go. Yeah. We're going back into nostalgia there. Yeah. Uh, right, let's, let's do some D and D stuff because Wizards of the Coast. They, you know, yeah. they had their big D and D celebration thing. Oh yeah, just last weekend. They made so, a bit of money for a charity or something, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I think they made about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in that region. I don't know how much it was exactly, but it was quite a lot. I, th- I think I saw two hundred and forty thousand. Yeah. Like yeah, you got you, you get your bit of change out of quarter mil, but that was that's a good shout. Yeah. yeah. Well. And one of the tidbits to come out of that huh. was huh. that there are three classic D&D settings coming for 5th edition. Ah. However, we do not know which they are, and they did not say. All they no. said was that three classic D&D settings are going to get some attention, yeah. and also there's going to be some more Magic the Gathering crossovers as well. So we can expect some Greyhawk. That'll be exciting. Maybe. I'm thinking no. Planescape is sure thing. Mm. This is totally guess, mm. totally guessing uh, on my part. But, yeah, it, 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 just taking a perf, I think. Planescape. I think uh, Dark Sun's a sure thing. Mm-hmm. And then the third one's a difficult one. Um, Ravenloft, maybe? They've been teasing a lot of spell grammar. I think uh, Planes- yeah. uh, Planescape and Swell, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe spell grammar. Uh, I, mean, I don't think they'll do another sort references. of. I don't think they'll do another sort of standard European high fantasy thing. So they've got. Oh God, no! That'd be so tedious. They've got Forgotten Realms. So I think that probably yeah. rules out Dragonlance. It probably rules out Greyhawk. Mm. I I don't know. I'm just guessing. They, they, they already make, they they make frequent suggestions for how to localize things to Greyhawk anyway. Mm. And I yeah. think was it Border Princes that was Forgotten Realms though. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so yeah, I reckon it's going to be Planescape, it's going to be Dark Sun, and then one more. Well, I would like to see yeah. the full Ravenloft. Yeah. That would that be, could nice. be good. I'd like mm-hmm. that. 
So that that would be my choice. Actually, I'm not that into Dark Sun to be honest. To be fair, I'm going to get. I never was either. I know there's a lot of love out there for it, but it didn't really grab my attention. Yeah. Um, I, I'd, I'd love to see Alkadim because uh, Sultan Ahmed keeps writing really good. I suspect stories. Wizards of the Coast are going to tread carefully on yeah. on things that are analogous to real world cultures, though. That's uh, probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, Soulbound starter yeah. set Warhammer Sigma oh, yeah, yeah, Warhammer. Mm. Age of Sigma, Soulbound, yes. Star yes. Set. The PDF... If you keep repeating it. Yes. <laughs> the PDF comes out on Monday. Is this Cubicle mm-hmm. 7? Yes. Yep. Of course. Uh, the PDF comes out on Monday, and obviously the physical thing is coming out later in the year. But on Monday, you can get the P- uh, you can get the PDF version of it, and the starter set, you get a £48, 48-pound, 48 48-page 48 adventure mm, called nice. Faltering Light where you venture into the ruins under the city of Brightspear, and the adventure like teaches you the rules as well, apparently. Nice. Which is nice. Uh, you get a Brightspear city guide, which sounds lovely. Uh, mm-hmm. You get pre-generated characters, you get some maps, you get some rules reference things, you get some tokens, and you get some dice. Mm. Standard starter set stuff. I, I mean, the production quality on the Wolfrop, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay uh, starter set was pretty... Pretty top notch. Yeah, I mean, all of Cubicle Seven stuff is pretty, isn't it? Yeah, you know how to make stuff look nice. Mm. But yeah, so um, if you want to just get into Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, Age of Sigma, how many how many subtitles have we got here? Soulbound, <laughs> Warhammer colon Age of Sigma colon colon Soulbound colon Starter Set. That's, 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 I'm hoping they're going to put some brackets in there because that's a lot of colons. <laughs> yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like you can probably have like a big colon and maybe like a little colon, and that's okay. I don't think you have different sized colons. I don't think that works. Oh, okay. That's not a thing. Maybe we should start it as a thing. Yeah, that's a... Different sized yeah. colons. How, how do you handle that when you've uh, got your Red Scar hat on, Mark, and you want to put in like several subtitles? Uh, just don't. <laughs> Try and convince <laughs> it as much as possible. Good <laughs> shout. <laughs> 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 yeah, lots of subtitles. I guess. Don't. I guess in some way, though, their hands are tied, aren't they? It being a licensee. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It is a lot of. It is a, a very much a cascading title thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Let's have a look. Uh, the Yellow King. Ooh. So you know the beastry. Well, you don't know the beastry. I'm about to tell you about the beastry. But you know, you know the game by mm. um, Robin Laws, produced by Pelgrane Press inspired by the works of Robert W. Chambers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have now produced a beastry, and it's got alien parasites. Ooh. It's got hungry buildings. Hungry building, nice. Mm-hmm. And it's got war machines that hunt like wolf packs. Uh, it's got mm-hmm. a living portrait, the angel of mons, um, razor-toothed flip, flip tops, whatever they mm-hmm. are. Uh, mm-hmm. And in total, there's 86 new foes. Yeah. That's a lot of new foes. Yeah. It is a lot of new foes, yes. There's also 100 new shock and injury cards, which is one of the mechanics of the, uh, of the game. Oh, yes. They sound, yeah. they sound very in-depth and unique, to be fair. They're very flavourful. Hmm. Ooh, okay. And I like flavourful stuff. Yeah. Um, like, what, what's an example could you, do you, if you've got one? Hungry buildings. Right, just the concept Ooh. of that. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. As a monster. Uh, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we talk yeah. about Amityville-style house. I guess so, yeah. 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 You go in, but you don't go out. Mm. Mm, nice. I 
don't I don't go out anymore anyway. So I mean, <laughs> I, I can identify with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm looking at this rules item at the moment, and I don't believe it. It says Devil's One is a new post-apocalyptic RPG for Modifius. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's entirely true, is it? No, no. I mean, it's their rule set, I guess, to a degree. But yeah, <laughs> but it's not new. <laughs> it's not new. It's been no. out for a bit, and it's not yeah. from Modifius. It's from Red Scar. Red Scar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh dear. Sounds like sounds like someone should get their facts right. Well, that's that's what happened when Modifius um, put Judge Dread <laughs> on started selling a Judge Dread on their on their online store. All yeah. these news sites started saying, "Oh, oh my God." Modifius has suddenly released the Just Dread RPG. No, it's been around for like two or three years now, and it's not from Modifius. <laughs> it just happens to be in their shop. It's also in other shops. <laughs> yeah, I think they, they, well, they misbranded it on the website at the time, didn't they? So it was, it was published by them at the time until we'd asked them yeah. to change it. Uh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, Devil's Run, which yeah. you produce under yeah. your Red Scar yeah. hat, <sighs> which, is, which, is, which overlaps with your Hellboy hat. Yes. It does indeed, yeah. So it's... Yeah. Uh, it, obviously, the pandemic slowed things down, so we managed to get it into distribution. Um, Modifius has taken care of the European side for us, and we mm. have impressions on the United States side. So, mm. yeah, and that's kind of like Mad Max post-apocalyptic stuff, isn't it? Yeah, Mad Max crazy zany, mixed with a bit of Walking Dead zombiness. So. Yeah, I think you came on the show to talk about it before, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it feels like aeons ago, but yeah, last year, I believe. If we each had to be a Batman villain, which Batman villain would you be? If it had to be one. Ooh, I'd probably the penguin. Dying DeVito's performance was definitive. The penguin, huh? Yeah. Probably Scarecrow, I think. Scarecrow? Yeah. Mm. What would I be? Uh, I think I would be Two-Face, actually. I like the idea of flipping a coin and letting that yeah. make all my decisions for me. <laughs> yeah. Make my life so much easier. Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're not sure, it does help. Should I do a podcast <laughs> today? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Anyway, so, what other news is there? You want more news? Yeah. Wow. I know. I'm entitled. Yeah. You've set expectations. Oh, okay. Well, can, 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 he's at mine. I don't have walks great nose. And then he went over the microphones. <laughs> yeah. um, so, critical role. Yeah. This is mm. sort of tangential adjacent news. All right. Well, we'll allow it. Critical yeah. role is RPG related. I'm sorry, hers. So, they've set up a non, not, non-profit... Mm-hmm. Fundraising organization founder mm-hmm. foundation thing yeah. okay. uh, for charities and raising money and awareness mm. for important causes. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so it's a charitable partnership, and their first one is with um, the first thing they're raising funds for is the First Nations Development Institute. That's awesome. Nice, nice. Which supports uh, Native American communities across the US, mm-hmm. obviously, yep. just from the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the starting goal for the partnership is to raise $50,000, and yes. it will help the First Nations Native Youth and Culture Fund. Mm-hmm. And I, I assume once that's done, they'll be uh, they'll be doing more and more of them, you know, in the future. Mm. That's amazing. Oh, that's good. Thanks. When you yeah. when you sort of like get into the position where you've got such a, a voice in the community. Mm. Mm. I think it's good to sort of give yeah. something back like that and do and use that yeah. voice just to do some good. I think that's, a, that's a good idea, that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, right. Subject quite close to my heart as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah uh, we had a Native American faction, in, or we have a Native American faction in Devil's Run, um, so I actually reached out mm. to Dr. Lee Francis, who's a Native American mm. writer, Pueblo writer from mm. Um, mm. New Mexico, 
so he wrote that faction up for us. It's, it was very important to have the indigenous voice, you know, and perspective mm. from from somebody that lives here. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, somebody right. who's in the culture that you're representing. Exactly, there, exactly. Just to make yeah. sure you do it properly. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So do you prefer mm. beasts or behemoths? Mm. Or if you're American, I think it's behemoths. If, are we talking as a pet? Except in Deep Space Nine, there was an episode in Deep Space Nine where they were they kept calling it Burmoth. <laughs> so I don't, I don't I know if you, if you just say it differently in space or something, but throughout the entire episode, they said Burmoth. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's not how you pronounce it. That's but. not how you pronounce it. It's definitely not. Oh. But anyway... Right. Um, well, this is this is this is this is a you know those young adventurers' guidebooks, the yeah. uh, Penguin Random House we're making, and yeah. they've done they've done some for sort of different classes, and they've done some for magic and different different D and D topics. These are all D and D branded, yeah, yeah. and uh, they're, they're kind of for kids, and they're mm-hmm. kind of like illustrated reference guides, basically. Okay. Uh, so this one is basically an illustrated reference guide which introduces a bunch of sort of iconic D and D monsters. To young mm-hmm. readers. Oh. And also, interestingly, it's written by Jim Zub. Ah, yes, of Skullkicker's fame. Uh, yes, of Skullkicker's fame, which we were talking yes. about last week. Mm. Yes. Mm. Uh, so that's coming out in October, and I'm looking at a couple of pages of it here. So there's a bronze dragon, uh, cranium mm. rats. Is that an iconic D&D creature? A cranium rat? I don't know what one is so i'm going to say looking at the picture it's a rat but you can see its brain through the top of its head okay <laughs> um that's the thing you could do i guess demi lich that's an iconic thing yeah lord uh, soft the sort of, uh, uh, lich is lich is iconic demi lich is just like well, yeah. is, is lord soft is iconic uh yeah very much so but are they dnd i thought they're dragon lance or raven lance depending on when and where you are in right. his career Ooh, Where tigers are they iconic? Very much so. Okay, but are they iconic of D and D? Different question. Well, um, it sounds like they've got a lot of good stuff. Mm, it does. A very diverse spread, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah! That was the big news that I knew I meant to mention, and I totally forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Batman. Batman. Official Batman RPG. Oh. It's called Batman and Gotham City Chronicles. And it's made by Monolith Edition, and they mm-hmm. are a French publisher, and mm. they generally do board games, and yeah. they've done a board game called Batman Gotham City Chronicles, and that was on Kickstarter, like, last year, maybe two years ago, not, I yeah, can't remember when, and it made, like, four and a half million dollars, it was massive, yeah. and they've done a Conan board game, and they've done a few different board games and stuff, but anyway, Batman RPG is coming... It's going to be based on a D20 system rule set. And this is kind of weird because it's not totally clear what they mean by that. Mm. But I've done a little bit of digging and it turns out that what they mean by that is that this French publisher has been using a a very, very heavily modified Mm -hmm. uh, 3E era style D20 system rule set of their own for some years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of D and D adjacent, rather. So it's not five E and it's not three E. It's their own, it's their own thing that they've had for quite a while. But it's a very, very, very heavily modified three E era D twenty system rule set. Does that even make sense? I know so what like I D&D mean. D and D three point X. I guess, yeah, yeah. Huh. 
Okay. <laughs> Indy 3.8. So I'll go with that. Huh? Okay. <laughs> Hang on. Someone someone posted. The character creation has six stats, like D&D, with perception replacing wisdom. Mm-hmm. And you have a trait, either from an action list, which is like acrobat or brawler or huge, or a reason list, which is expert or nerd or rich. And then you have a profile, mm-hmm. which is kind of a job. Mm-hmm. So it, it does actually look quite... Quite heavily modified, to be honest. It's not. I don't. Mm. It doesn't, that doesn't super. sound like a three point X game. To yeah, me. yeah. Like maybe a two point something, or maybe a no. Well, it sounds like a different game altogether. It does, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that sounds interesting. They're using the D and D six attributes, and they made it much clearer where they stand on wisdom. Mm. Um, so I expect to see charisma saving throws for fear effects rather than wisdom, which works for me. I gotta if, say, if indeed they have saving throws. If indeed yeah. they have saving yeah. crows, mm. they might be doing D&D without saving crows, which mm. has been done, 13 page, 4-1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I literally don't know. I, I do know that it, this, this is like uh, several books. There's five wow. books, five baptastic books. Mm. Uh, so there's uh, Gotham's Heroes, which is mm-hmm. by Francois Verstraet, Verstraeti, Verstraat, Verstraeti. A French, a French person whose whose yeah. name I have mangled. <laughs> You're very sorry, Francois. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, they've written a fully adapted D20 system rulebook. Right. Then we've got a Gotham City Guide yes. by Xavier Fournier and Alex Nikolovich, mm-hmm. helped by Francois Hercuet. 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 I'm so sorry. No, I don't know. I'm <laughs> so sorry. A G R C O U E with two little dots over it. T. Oh, Hikue? Maybe Hikue? Hikue? I'm not sure for us. Like my French is not that good anymore. You know, it's been a long time. Well, and yeah. he, this this is the editor for the French publisher of DC Comics, and that's going to be oh, a mighty yeah. reference tome, detailed and exhaustive, an insight into the city and the world of the bat. Nice. That's, that's going to be going mm. to be very well received by a lot of people. Yeah. And we've got Gotham's Chronicles, mm-hmm. and this is by Nicholas Texier, mm-hmm. Olivier Kera, and mm-hmm. Maya Shakari. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> You read them all out, then. You do it. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm going to names. A book of scenarios to test your resolve. Yeah. I am very, very sorry to all of you excellent designers whose names I've just mangled. It, it, it's okay. I've never heard, you, I've never heard these said. names said aloud, and I'm just reading them, and I am famously bad at names, so... And pronunciation of names. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much your stick now. You have, you have to just mispronounce someone's name. Yeah. Oh. Peter Coffe. That's your name. I suppose you're better, better attempts. <laughs> 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 oh. And uh, finally, there's another two books that are going to be revealed during the Kickstarter campaign. Mm. I'm actually really interested in this, but um, I'm a big bat yeah, fan. That sounds intriguing. I've always been a big bat fan, and I'll always be a big bat fan. So do you get to play yeah. kind of vigilantes or heroes then? Or? So it says you can play vigilantes, mm-hmm. uh, criminals, mm-hmm. or Gotham City Police Department officers. Pretty cool. Nice options. Yeah, okay. Which yeah. is, yeah. yeah. I guess that would give you more of an investigative edge. 
I guess so, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I presume you, you create your own vigilantes. Yeah. Or you can create your, own, create your own suicide squad. Yeah, I guess, basically. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how high powered it'll be or how super powery yeah. it'll be. Because Batman. Whether the street level or kind of. Obviously yeah. doesn't have superpowers, but some of his villains do. Hmm. Don't they? Yep. Like Killer Croc or. You know, some of them do. <laughs> <laughs> Diablo. <laughs> Loads of them. El Diablo. El Diablo. Yeah. So, um. Mm, yes. Oh, that's from the Suicide Squad thing. Hmm. With, um. The Sorceress? Sorceress. Yeah. 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 Well, she's yeah. got superpowers. Magic's a superpower, isn't it? When, it yeah. when you're talking about superheroes, magic is definitely a superpower. Yeah. It, it was, it was, it was quite an interesting thing watching Suicide Squad. So, like, okay, well, we've got. Some people care. That guy can throw a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Russ, do we have any other news? Um, I think we might be done on the news. Have I got any news? Oh, my Over the Next Hill Kickstarter. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's doing pretty well. So this is the second of these mini quick starters that I've done. Yeah. And right. I was, it was an experiment. This is sure. the one with the drop-in settlements. Yeah. Like, little set pieces you can... It's, it's just about to hit four thousand pounds. Nice, nice. And each of these is a super. I mean, each of these is such a mini. It's like two weeks long, and the maximum pledge level is actually quite low. So you can, it's like inexpensive, quick, and immediate. You know, rapid turnaround, immediately fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And the first one did five thousand, and that was sixty-five enchanted trinkets, which I was really pleased with. Mm-hmm. And then this one uh, is a few days in, and so far it's just about to hit four thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it will beat the five thousand that the last one did. Did I see you've no. had a? Did you add a print copy to this one as well, Russ? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I slipped in a. I slipped in a print compilation of them. Yeah, uh, which is twenty quid. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think this is as an experiment. This is this is this is working. I think I'm just going to keep doing this mm. like once a month. Put out one of these little mini quick starters in between. Because you know we do like two or three big ones a year. Mm-hmm. So we've got um, Awfully Cheerful coming up, and we've got the massive Zeitgeist one coming up, and we've got Level mm-hmm. Up coming up. But in between those things, just like once a month, just putting in these little mini quick starters, seems to be working really, really well. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Stop, stop right there. What? Why have we stopped? There's a big change in plans. A big change in plans? A little change in plans. Oh, okay. A change in plans. Yes. We're not going to be doing our favourite game in the world right now. Oh, no. How awful. (laughs) Instead, (laughs) we're going to put it out an entirely separate podcast on Tuesday. So instead of having just one version, they can get both guesses. Yeah, because generally what happens is we usually do about four, but then two of them end up in the bonus content on Patreon. So now what we're going to do, because because Kickstarters are basically news and it seems a bit weird to put news behind a paywall, we're yes. going to put them all four in. But because our podcast is already so long, we're going to split it off and just do the favourite game in all the world as its own podcast on Tuesday. Our podcast is excellent for you and we'd like to thank all our patrons very much for helping us get to where we are. You're awesome. Yes. Right, young squireling, are you ready to begin your combat training? Take your first steps to becoming a knight? Oh yes, Sir Archibald, I've been practicing with my sword. I can't wait to learn from you. Well, young lad, 
You need to forget everything you've learned and start with the basics. Now, let me show you a basic stance. Yes, sir. I'm ready. Now, this is called Evasive Snail. Place your left foot thusly and raise your right arm so with your head turned. Sergeant. Uh, what is it, youngling? What What did you say this stance was called, sir? Evasive snail. Now, pay attention. Now, turn your body but into... sir... What is it, lad? Snails aren't really very evasive, are they? What do you mean? Well, snails, they're famously slow. What nonsense! Who ever told you that? Snails are known for their speed. Slippery little blighters. Impossible to catch. Are you quite sure, sir? Of course I am. Now, this next technique. This is called Thundering Butterfly. Now, you raise your weapon high and bear down upon your foes. Uh, so... Sir? What now, kid? Did you say Thundering Butterfly? Yes. Now, stop interrupting. This technique is rooted in brute strength. So you'll need to... But, but butterflies are noted for their elephants' flightiness, sir. Of course they're not! Really? Who has been filling your head with this nonsense? Butterflies are powerful creatures. You wouldn't want to be in the flight path of one of those, I can tell you. If you say so, sir. I do. Now, then, where were we? Ah, yes. Dancing Rhino. A fantastic method of weaving elegantly in and out of your opponent's... Really, sir? Rhinos can't dance. They weigh several tons. They're amongst the most ungainly creatures on the planet. Look here, you little squirtling. How many rhinos have you seen? Well, not seen as such, sir. Exactly. Now, let me tell you. You'll never see a ballet dancer as graceful as a rhino. Nimblest creatures alive, I tell you. I'm not sure that's right, sir. Look, do you want to learn how to fight or not? Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Good. Good. Now, keep quiet. I'm about to demonstrate the basic elements of the school of the eagle-eyed mole. Now then... Eagle-eyed mole? Sir, moles are notoriously blind. You know what's eagle-eyed? Eagles. Eagles? Don't be silly. Eagles are no more eagle-eyed than deep-sea badgers are. Look, young whippersnapper, I begin to tire of your childish questions. Sir, I mean no disrespect, but on that parchment before you, you also appear to have listed the stance of the gullible owl, the dance of the industrious sloth, and the war cry of the deafening mouse. What of it, young squiddling? Well... Owls are celebrated for their wisdom. Slopes are known for being lazy. And mice are notably quiet, sir. Thus the saying, quiet as a mouse. Quiet as a mouse? What are you talking about? Where did you hear such claptrap? Wise owls? Lazy sloths? My young squire, if you are going to use snappy memes and Funny sayings is your basis in martial studies? You'll not go far. Quiet as a mouse, indeed. Ridiculous. I don't think this is working out, sir. For once, you said something actually useful. Young Barnacle, I don't think this is working out. That's just what I said, sir. Did you? 
I'm as forgetful as an elephant today. Look, young weedling, do you want to be a brave chicken or not? I am teaching you to be a true sheep among men. Sir, I think I must find my tutelage elsewhere. Very well, young streetling. Where shall you go? I think you're becoming a rogue or something instead, sir. The obvious pickpockets guild is recruiting. This podcast malarkey is quite good fun. True. We do get to talk to interesting people. They are very interesting, and we've had all sorts. Big names, old and new. But how do we know who to talk to? Well, sometimes our patrons give us suggestions. What, so we try and get the people they want us to talk to on? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, and obviously they get the fullest version of the podcast. The fullest? They do? Yeah, yeah, you know, all the funny stories and random jokes and digressions. Really? People are missing out on those? Well, they're not news, are they? Oh, come on, but that's all my favourite bits. How can you avoid missing out? Ah, uh, well, that's easy. Uh, so, just become a perfectly proper podcast patron. Perfectly proper podcast patron? What? How? Well, you head along to patreon.com slash morris and subscribe there. Oh, well, how much does that cost? $50 a month? You'd think. I mean, it's certainly worth $50 a month, but oh. uh, just a dollar. Is it? Mate, that's like 25 cents an episode. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Ah, patreon.com morris. M-O-R-R-U-S. M-O-R-R-U-S. Cheers. I'll check that out. we're here to talk about Hellboy and like I don't know about you Russ I'm excited well I assume that most people know what Hellboy is oh well, sure. for the for the people that don't yes I guess we should yes. introduce it I guess yeah I mean Mark yeah. how would you describe Hellboy uh, so, red guy and yeah <laughs> Hellboy I mean Hellboy is is a Hellboy he's the iconic um, Bureau for Paranormal Research, Research and Defence or BPRD for short he's their iconic agent so um yes. He's, he's, you know, a son of one of the uh, Dukes of Hell, the Demons of Hell. Um, mm. It's based on, it's set in Mike Mignola's universe, um, which has just grown and grown over the years. And he's taken a lot of inspiration from folklore stories from around the world, mashed up with a lot of occultism and mm. uh, Lovecraftian elements that, that come into it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's this huge, well, horror Fun horror game, really. Um, or yeah. horror, I think, horror, is quite a good yeah. way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's um, good. With, with a bit of comedy thrown in as well. Yeah. yeah. Dark, dark comedy, mm. black humour. Not, not mm. as much in the comics as you'd see in the films. The films are a different thing altogether. Yeah. 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 I mean, my, my main exposure to him is the Ron Perlman film. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's funny how much artwork you see come out by fans of the genre that is influenced by, by Perlman's Hellboy. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so basically you as head honcho at Red Scar Publishing yeah. are acting as a studio mm. for Mantic, who are the people who are publishing, have the license to p- publish the game. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. So Mantic have the license for the um, games in the in the Hellboy universe. Mm-hmm. Correct. They are a miniatures and board game company. They, they are very successful at that. Um, yes. the, the Hellboy board game Kickstarter was something like £1.5 million. Mm. something insane um, and it has a lot of love and support out in the community that, that follow it still yeah so Mantic kind of we, we started talking on the back of Kings of War the role playing game which we're making for them 
they'd seen our work on 5e a 5e conversion we're doing for the for our own tricore set uh rule set for that uh and really appreciated that so they said how would you like how would you like to come under contract for us and and make the uh hellboy the role-playing game so mm. uh, of course i said no instantly no we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the this date you're not doing it why are you even here <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, so we just, we, there was a lot of discussions in the background about how we were going to do it. Uh, what rule set would we use? One of the big questions we've taken away from the Kickstarter is why 5e? <laughs> it's yes. become, a, yeah. become an in-house joke. Um, no. But yeah, it, it, you know, as it transpires, Dark Horse have a, an in-studio team that, that play 5e themselves. Uh, so they're mm. quite appreciative of the system. Um, Mantic also play 5e at their HQ. They have a, a weekly group that, that plays it. So... Um, Obviously, it's a very popular system, and and D and D's a huge, you know, hugely popular setting. Yeah, so it's just it was just a various combination of, uh, of influences really to choose Five E. But yeah, it's, it was an honour really. So, did you have to modify Five E at all? Um, for, I mean, for the quick start, we tried to keep it as approachable as possible. Uh, we want mm-hmm. people to. Uh, that's it's been a, an interesting exercise actually in, in um, trying to keep the rule set as as accessible as as it can be for people that are uh, familiar with, with D&D and, and 5e, uh, but also bring in that Hellboy influence. It's It's been a real kind of tightrope to walk. Um, I'm really proud of what the team has done, to be honest. Um, so what sort of change? I mean, are there different classes? Uh... Yeah, so we don't call them classes. They are classes, but we've called them roles within the BPRD. So um, yes. so kind of back to Hellboy, he's, like I say, he's this, this supernatural um, agent that has... Mm-hmm. has huge superpowers and including the right hand of doom which is a powerful fist um that he's been mm-hmm. that has been attached to him yeah. uh, he's he's extremely tough you know he can survive all sorts mm-hmm. of shenanigans um yes. invulnerable to fire so the iconic agents are in the game um and mm-hmm. if you want to you can certainly pick them up and play them but we wanted to focus more on the bprd antics the agents that mm-hmm. ne- don't necessarily they, they deal with things that big red isn't dealing with so you know have a team yes. off to go and contend with somewhere else in the world and um mm-hmm. So we, we we created roles within the different branches of the BPRD for that. Um, it, it's sort yeah. of like an Agents of Shield, but for the BPRD. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, so we've got races. No, they're not called races. Um, got categories of species. They got your vanilla humans, I expect. Yeah. So we and have we called found monsters, fairies, probably. We have so we have remarkable humans, um, yes. but. And, and that's what we, we make the assumption that most agents are. But in, in the choices that you can have, you can be cursed. So a lot of mm. people in the Hellboy universe are, have some sort of kind of curse or uh, mm. mystical mystical attachment to them. So you can become cursed. Uh, and that includes, you know, your, your shapeshifters, um, whether you've become fey touched. So you've had some uh, some interaction with the fey. Um, down to, we have rules in there for becoming a ghost. So if you, if you want to play a ghost, because... Um, Johan Krauss is essentially a ghost in a big ectoplasmic suit that contains him and, and lets him interact with the world. Yeah, we have all sorts of options, really. And you could, you could from all of that, build a Hellboy if you wanted to. Um, yeah. So we wanted to make sure you could make those iconic agents from that. So are you responsible for the whole thing, like layout, art, the whole whole works? No, I mean, you know, I have an awful lot on the plate at the moment, uh, Judge Dredd um, and the World of Two Faces aside. Um, so when I approached it, I, I wanted to get a line manager in straight away. So we have an, uh, we have an awesome team on it. Um, and mm-hmm. Kimberly Nugent, who's our editor at Red Scar, um, is overseeing the project. She's done a fantastic job in, in overseeing the team and how the projects come together. So, yeah. yeah um, I mean, this own... as a company, is it? I mean, presumably, because I know when you're working on 2008, mm. a lot of the art comes directly from the publisher Rebellion. Yep. And I assume you have a similar sort of situation with Hellboy. It comes directly from Dark Horse, does it? 
Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, as as we've just said, we we get a lot of comic book art. Um, and our yeah. in-house in-house um Hellboy guru Ben Graybeaton, he's he's done a lot of writing for us anyway on the rule set. Yeah. But he'll also say, oh, this this piece of artwork from this comic because he has an, an encyclopedic knowledge of the comics uh, would be awesome nice. here and and you know put this here. So he's probably done a lot of, lot of the art direction for us as well, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's so like how, a real how, labor of love from some very enthusiastic yeah. people. It is, yeah, it is. We've, I mean, we, we all had a lot of respect for the IP anyway. Um, mm. Ben, like I say, Ben has a a huge love of the IP. Um, like I say, to to an encyclopedia knowledge of the comics, um, all the way through, you know, through the Hellboy uh, runs, and there were a lot of those those um, comics graphic novels down to the BPRD because there were branches off into BPRD comics uh, back into the 1950s comics he's uh, and the Victoria the Witch, Witchfinder era of Hellboy Universe yeah he's got his knowledge is just just <laughs> insane mm-hmm. right, nice. so how far along are you with because the, the Kickstarter was what a month ago yeah so uh, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say actually <laughs> oh okay <laughs> What are those? Well, what are those podcasts? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so cool, guys. I would totally tell you about it. <laughs> I can say we had we've had a lot of the core book approved. Uh, yeah, nice. I probably I probably shouldn't say more than that. <laughs> yeah. So, so you you've sort of generally finished the bulk of the work on it. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, not like it's, you're still you're starting to write the first chapter or anything. No, no, no. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's not well. Yeah, it's not far off at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, We've got the, even the writers. We had some stretch goals, which have become a kind of field director's manual. Mm. Um, so there's some extra adventures in there for people to play. Mm. Really excited about those. So we've got like. Um, have, have you brought in like new mechanics and so forth? Like um, I know um, Summer Blair played Liz, who is a pyrokinetic. Yeah. Um, are you? Is she just getting reflavored burning hands, or have you? Had no, no. So that was one thing we we didn't want. There are, you know, a few comics like, oh, Hellboy wouldn't be a tiefling. That we would never approach 5e as, well, oh, let's make Hellboy a tiefling and let's mm-hmm. just say Liz can chuck fireballs. No. We, we, um, introduced certain mechanics like psycho- psychometry is, um, a psionic ability. So you can pick, you can be a psychometrist as a, as a kind of a human option, a sub, a sub option. Yeah. It's, it's um, a, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So you can be a full, you can be a full psychometric. Or yeah. you could you could dip into a couple of feats that may give you access to certain small powers. Oh, so nice. you, the, the, again, like like advanced five, you were talking about earlier, there are lots of options for for mm-hmm. building different blocks into your character. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. get that customization going. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So if you wanted to be a Liz, you could certainly just dive mm. into psychometry and um, mm. and go straight down the pyrokinesis route. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So is this so, kind of a one and done, or is there a whole line planned for this? Is it going? Isn't it going to? go on or well our hope is that we've got we had we yeah. you know as a creator team uh, you know like yourself fresh your mind's <laughs> always burning isn't it you, you get lo- mm. tons of ideas and we do we do run lots of stuff by mantic all the time mm. clearly the focus on at the moment is just getting that core book out there and yeah and, and oh, yeah, yeah, delivering yeah. the field guide yeah and then and then we'll see what next year brings really once once it's in everybody's hands mm. Mm-hmm. yeah so uh, when, yeah. when roughly are we looking then for the for the core book What's the expected? Well, I mean, I think officially on the Kickstarter they've given kind of May next year. Right, yeah. But it should be in people's hands way before that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, way, way before that. No, I know know what it's like Mm -hmm. with... uh with this sort of stuff and uh, what you're allowed to say because you know obviously we're yeah. in the same situation when we work on 2000, 2018 mm. it's like mm. alright not allowed to say that not allowed to yeah. say that and it is awkward but yeah yeah, yeah. so what else, can, what else can you tell us what else are you well, allowed I mean, to there's tell us lots to, like I say but it's just myself we, have, we don't have spells although we do have rituals um, yeah, right. oh yeah. nice I like that 
So I don't know if you remember from Kings of War, we had the kind of daring and ingenuity mechanic, um, yeah. which which allowed you to build on the things a character could achieve. Um, so it wasn't just about success, pass or fail, it was about depth of success. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we ported that across to Hellboy, so that allows the GM, and that really, that built into, uh, we wanted it to be compatible with the board game to some degree, and, and people to connect to that from mm. from the great kind of following they had from the board game. Um, so there's, there's kind of a, and it happens in the comics where, the danger level will ramp up for Hellboy or the BPRD constantly as the more they investigate because because if things start to push back. You know, it, mm-hmm. as as um, Bruttenholm says, it, super, the supernatural bumps back. Mm-hmm. So we want to give the the gem the the kind of access to be able to ramp up that danger level as the team starts to to uncover mm-hmm. things and and things start to fight back against them. So we we call it ingenuity and doom within within Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one really cool mechanic that that a lot of people have appreciated with it in the setting and that. That ties into rituals. So um, mm-hmm. rituals, like in, in, in Lovecraft's world, they're a dangerous thing. You don't, you know, if you start messing with the supernatural powers and, and arcane uh, castings, then you start delving into this ingenuity and doom. So you can either use ingenuity to empower it or doom to empower it, mm-hmm. and either one has has different benefits or costs involved. But a, a, a ritual can be a great thing if it goes off well, but it can also be an extremely bad thing if it doesn't. Go, it can still go off, but have really bad effects to everybody in the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this this it's not just a, I'll spend an action and cast a spell. You, you have to spend um, invest a lot of energy into into pulling off something. I mean, look at Rasputin when he reaches out in um, you know if you relate it to the Hellboy film when he reaches out to the Ogdu Jarad up in up in space. Yeah. Uh, you know, across in, in the other dimension type thing. Um, that's that's essentially like some sort of casting um, but that as that dies it goes horribly wrong for everybody around so mm. um, yeah as that kind of spell collapses so we wanted to draw on all of those sorts of aspects as well so we, we were like no, no spells we were creating this ritual system for the those mechanics mm. uh, we also have some weird science stuff going on as well so mm. yeah lots of lots of weird and wonderful um, engineered <laughs> engineering projects that people can tap into and, and, and items and things so well, there's you... lots of weird science going on hmm yeah. I know you didn't actually run the Kickstarter yourself, did you? But no. um, I'm just looking at it right now, and obviously yeah. it's over now. But I'm just yeah. looking at some of the stuff that you could get with the Kickstarter. I was yeah. wondering how much of this stuff you were actually involved with, because let's see, we've got the core rule book there, but I'm looking here at miniatures, dice, a satchel. Yeah, none of that. A uh, book of short stories, character sheet pads, a timeline poster, you know, um, a whole load of stuff. Yes. How yeah. much Red Scar was involved in things like merchandising? Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I imagine yeah. not so much. So I, I thought you were asking, like, how much were you involved in these stretch goals to make new characters? It's like, <laughs> I, I have to say, you know, Kudos Semantic, they, they've been brilliant in, in consulting with us on what we thought people might like to see from Kickstarter. And I'm, yeah. I'm not by any means saying we're experts. We've run a couple of Kickstarters and I, I've taken a lot of advice from yourself for us as a successes that you've you've enjoyed in kickstarter um yeah so they they did come to us and chat to us and, and we were like people would appreciate this yeah, such as the dice or the the gem screen mm. um yeah so they they the merchandise side of things they took care of um so i really we, like i'm looking at these miniatures you've yeah. got 25 25 miniatures there so they just came to you and said do you think people would like miniatures you went yes and they just went off and did the miniatures so were you involved in that process at all the miniatures actually came from the board game so oh, i see right yeah so the, the, oh, so they already had those exactly yeah, ah, yeah. so it's yeah. it's the base set of miniatures that you can get from the board game just without yeah. the board game in the box yeah and, yeah that makes sense yeah yeah so that's exactly reason i'm planning on buying that alien board game from mm. um oh. is it gale force 9 i want to think i, I think it is it yeah really, yeah. Oh, yeah just because i want the miniatures really, yeah yeah okay. Well, there's also other stuff. We've got scenery pieces. We've got some altars and crypts and 
grandfather clocks and stuff. And then we've got pouches and dice trays and, you know, there's a whole, a whole load of stuff on that Kickstarter as well as, as well as the core book itself. Yeah. Well, the add-ons, I mean, terrain, Mantic have a a sideline of called Terrain Crate, so they actually produce um, plastic terrain anyway. Oh, I see, right. So, so people can grab this stuff separately anyway, can they? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Okay. I just wonder if it was. Other than I think, I think the satchel will be part of the Kickstarter only. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can only get that from certain pledge levels. Yeah, um, can't. That's not available as an add-on. Yeah, um, sorry, I don't. I don't. I don't need a Hellboy satchel. I'm alright. <laughs> <laughs> well, For my team, school books, you know. <laughs> the, the team were adamant we were all getting one. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, so what? What sort of uh, time period are we talking? How long? How long? How long has it taken you to right, right from right from the start when they initially came to you and said, "Do you want to do Hellboy?" And you said, "Yes." Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the point where, well, I guess now when the book's pretty much close to done, you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the, we concentrate on the quick start first. Yeah. And um, that you know we wanted that we had that we had to be sure that was ready for the Kickstarter, um, and we had certain influences in, in you know. Um, in terms of the global pandemic um, mm. and the BLM movement in... Wait, um, what? There's been a pandemic? Well, apparently, yeah. I don't think it's had some sort of effect around the well, world. Why didn't they mention it on the news or something? I know. I know. It's not <laughs> no like... Idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Is yeah. <laughs> that why nobody's come around to visit me in the last six months? Oh, no, that's because nobody likes you. Okay. Um, <laughs> Same yeah. as the previous six months. <laughs> I don't agree with you. Yeah, so that, that influenced how the Kickstarter eventually launched um and when mm. it launched but that that did get us give us a chance in in the end to get a lot of um a lot of the legwork done mm. so the quick start was actually ready a good deal before the kickstarter yeah uh, and which is why we've had a good lead to get a, a, the all well all of the writing done for the core book um mm. but yeah we started the quick start probably probably back in april or may mm. that that wasn't too bad actually because a chunk of that is just the basic 5e mechanics that people need to run the game. We finished the core book work probably the start of August, so so it was a rapid turnaround. Um, and we've had some playtesting within that as well, not just internally, but we've we've had NDA playtesting play externally also. Um, yeah, it's it's been an experience yeah. <laughs> getting a project delivered. Yeah, I know, I can imagine. So, I mean, this isn't... This is what your third, at least, licensed project you've worked on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, is is it different working on these different licensed projects, or was it pretty much the same? I have to say, I've had a brilliant experience with every licensed product I've worked on. You know, um, yeah. thinking back to Infinity with Modifius and the great relationship I had with Corvus Belli, uh, and still do have actually. You know, the, the good relationship I built with Rebellion. They're, they're, they're all great guys to speak to over mm. Rebellion for two thousand AD. The Mantic crew are great. Um, all really passionate again um, and while I don't have any direct dealings with Dark Horse they've been more than approachable for everything that we sent via Mantic so mm. yeah it's, it's it's all been quite quite easy really um, the process so. is kind of similar or do they differ from company to company yeah I, I found them pretty pretty similar really um, yeah other than other than this, we've we have the extra step where Mantic actions actions the go between for us and Dark Right, Wars. yeah, yeah. So it's a two step um, process rather than yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's all it's all been pretty similar, you know. Yeah. Sending stuff in for approvals and, and waiting for it to come back, and yeah, mm. yeah. It's all it's all. I can't see there's been any significant difference other than than the extra step. Yeah. If it, if it was like companies nowadays are like sort of more aware of and more invested in uh, RPGs. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think so. 
That's mm-hmm. definitely yeah. a thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think you'd be surprised at how many companies that do have an RPG team within their you know, within their building, yeah. which was which was quite cool to find out about Dark Horse. Um, well, I think yeah. I think we hit the benchmark that when Wendy's producing RPG, and once yeah. Wendy's is producing RPG, we basically know <laughs> RPGs have gone mainstream. Don't yeah. We? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it's coming up to four o'clock now, uh, and I did want to quickly mention this if we've got a few minutes. Yes. Is that okay with you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Rogue yeah. switch hats. Rogue trooper. Yeah, can you switch switch out yeah, with I'll your um? Put out my your, helmet on. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> so what I have in my hands here is a proof Ooh. copy, hardcover book mm. of Rogue Trooper. Yes. For the two thousand, I just read, and there was a two thousand AD role playing game. Which mm. Mark, you masterminded this one. Yes. Mm. Uh, it has writers, but somehow they've not appeared on the cover. Luckily, <laughs> it's a proof copy, and that's exactly yes. what proof copies are for, for us to spot those mistakes. And rectify yes. them. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Apparently, the the, uh, the the writers were invisible or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the credit is inside, but yeah, we like to have them loud and proud on the front. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, the so, in so, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, but this oh. one's Ben Rogers and John White. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this is a beautiful sort of 200-page, almost 200-page book. Um, similar sort of style to the other 2008 e-books. Yeah. Yeah, looks-wise. Yeah. Um, uh, full of original comic art. But um, for those who don't know, what exactly is a rogue trooper and why would you want to be one? So rogue troopers are genetic infantrymen. They're genetically modified um, superhumans, in effect, that have been created for a future war between the Southers and the Noughts on a, a distant planet called New Earth, mm. uh, which is located to next a, a, a stable black hole. That's a transit point between uh, various other galaxies. So the, the, the New Earth's been decimated by the decades of war. Um, it's an extremely toxic and deadly planet. And the Southers were were on the losing you know on a losing footing, so they they created these genetic infantrymen to to exist um, exist in this atmosphere without chem suits, uh, because if you're an ordinary human, you go outside without a chem suit, it's it's mm-hmm. game over for you. So they were to fight, they would be able to fight extremely comfortably in the environment, but they were they were massacred, they were betrayed and massacred on their first landing. Um, so the iconic road trooper uh, was the only survivor of that he, his buddies were biochips so he carried a, a rifle a backpack and a helm which had his biochip buddies in and they all kind of went on, on on all sorts of adventures to track down the rogue general that betrayed them mm. um, but we obviously within the RPG we give we give plenty of options for teams of GIs to uh, to go out and, and there are options to play humans from either side um, even kind of the supersized and horribly mutated Shigoi from the north side where they they mixed uh genetics or they tried their own gene therapy on humans in there so yeah it's it's a crazy kind of war out there really mm. yeah 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 so this this book is um this is the proof copy here the actual print run i think starts in a few days yes yes or has it started i'm not sure has it started i think andy has a andy's our layout guru he has a couple yeah. of a couple of minor points to take care of now, but yeah, a couple of days it'll be printing. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, a lot of people have pre-ordered this one, and that will go straight yeah. out to them. And then after they've yeah. got it, we'll be able to make it widely available on our on our website. Absolutely, yep. Yeah. It's quite exciting. If you think about it, it's been, what, a couple of years now we've been doing Just Red in the Worlds 2018. Mm. So we've got the core book. We've yeah. got a whole bunch of Just Red Adventures. Yep. Yeah. And now we've got two 
settings. We've got Strontium yeah. Dog and Rogue Trooper. And Both Rogue Trooper, yeah. Amazing. I love Strontium Dog. It's just brilliant. Yeah, it's just, I'm just, very just proud just of that book. It's just the time and space one, isn't it? It's like yeah. anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. Such fun. And yeah. I think Strontium Dog is the one where you could really cross it over with any other system because yeah. they do dimension time hop so you can have lots mm. of fun with that in, in yeah. all the other settings mm. as well it's kind of it's, it's kind of like Doctor Who's Strontium Dog in that yeah. thing where a Doctor Who episode from one to the next just yeah. can be anything yeah and, it's, um, and it just works because it with just doesn't yeah with a western yeah. theme yeah 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 yeah. or, or gothic horror yeah or gothic yeah. horror western <laughs> oh, that'd be interesting could yeah. you make that work but yes uh how's that what else is coming up on the whole 2080 front? What's next? So we just, um, I've had this week. I've had the day the law died edited edited text back. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm ta- been taking care of the comments in that. So that's mm-hmm. going into layout very soon. Um, really excited about that one. The kind of tyranny of Judge Cow and his, his yep. influence on Mega City mm-hmm. One. Um, and then hot on the heels of that, we have the Judge Child Saga. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we've got the one I've been waiting for. I think. No, no, no. Well, oh, I mean. Are we going to have a chat about that, I guess. But yeah, I was, because we were looking at Judge Death, obviously. Um, but because his initial appearance was very, very slender. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so we, yeah. we we will probably delay in that until Necropolis, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. We can discuss that, definitely. But yeah, the next one will mm. be Armageddon War, definitely. Mm. Um, which, again, I've, I've just been rereading, actually. It's, that's really exciting as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Busy, busy oh. year next year. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think we should wrap up there, shall we? Yes. Well, uh, thank you, Mark, so much for being uh, on the show and telling us about not one but two really very cool comics-related RPG product, projects. In fact, I think that's a total of three uh, comics-related RPG projects that we've uh, talked about today, so that's pretty good going. Yeah. Awesome. Actually, we've had the Batman stuff as well. It's just been RPG yeah. and comics. Wow. Yeah. Complete overlap. <laughs> Who knew yeah. we had themes? Not me. <laughs> Batman. Batman. I'll be interested in that, actually. But yeah, if you wanted to yeah. play test anything, people can definitely check things your way. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Look forward to it. Uh, so next week, yeah. we have... Uh, Jessica Hancock. Ah, Jessica Hancock next oh, week. Nice. He's yes. going to come on and he's going to talk all about some of the really important behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on in an RPG company. I I mean, to be fair, I'm very, I'm actually properly excited about that because we've talked a lot on this podcast about um, the various ways you get an RPG funded mm. and some of the production stuff, but talking to someone who's like properly involved in the production as well, mm. it yeah. should be good. Like, get, How do we get these shiny, shiny books of joy uh, into your greasy mitts? Yeah, well, it's, all, it's, all the stuff, yeah it's all the stuff that you don't generally hear about. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know the sort of front of house stuff is uh, the writers, the artists, and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But then you've also got the people who are arranging the printing and the shipping, mm. and mm. you know taking care of the warehouses and warehousing and taxes and you know accounting and all yeah. that. Yeah. So much, you know, there's an entire job mm. there which is not fun at all. Yeah, absolutely. At least not for me, but but there are people yeah. out there like Jessica, and every company has one mm. who actually yeah. uh, really really enjoys that side of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even look at UK Games Expo when she she hosted the uh, sessions for us on the the, the chats and things. You know? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And well, also she sets up our convention she, appearances. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, logistics. Uh, yeah, logistics. All logistics. There we go. Yes. All logistics. The, the very important things <laughs> yeah. without which um, you fail. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, making sure the pre-order is getting to people's hands as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise you get like about one million angry emails per minute. Yeah, and she's yeah. bloody brilliant about it, and I can't wait she to get her on yeah. to talk all about it next week. Yeah. Yes. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Right, well, with she's that. She's also, I have to say, she's also a great troll killer as well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, shall, I shall look forward to hearing more of that. <laughs> so, anyway, with that, um, yes. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for thank listening. Yeah. Until next week, it's goodbye for me, Russ. It's goodbye for me, Peace Coffee, from the Southampton Guild of Rollers. And it's goodbye for me, Mark Langworthy, from Judge Red in 2080 and Red Scar. And don't forget, <laughs> the favourite game in all the world will be in a separate podcast on Tuesday. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Uh, Other news. There must be more news. Uh... I won't say it's what it sounds like you're doing there, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking how long I could do it for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>